Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spadrosian throws to Sandberg and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it. Throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have come to an end. The Giants have won the pennant. You know, Brad, I feel like we should be in doom and gloom mode based off of the last few games. But I did something that I didn't know if I was going to have time to do, which is go back to the beginning of the week. Because if you remember the last time we talked was Kyle Harrison night. Right. And he pitched so well. We were so excited. (laughs) Then I, then I went to the game with Brian and Jay on Tuesday Alex Cobb's near no hitter. Uh, we'll, we'll show the video that I took of that uh, before we, uh, b- before before we get out of here. But if and then they go into uh, they they lose the next game, but then they go into San Diego and they wallop San Diego, and we're thinking by midweek like, okay, like they're starting to show, they're starting to get into the next gear. They remember it's the playoffs, and and then they just fell off these last three games. So it's really been a tale of two weeks and a tale of two baseball teams. And I think most people are really feeling the last three games and kind of forgot about the beginning of the week. So it's an interesting show for us today. Yeah, for sure. And, and honestly, I'm one of the ones who forgot about the beginning of the week. Cause it feels like it was like a month ago. <laughs> I mean, cause you get this great performance from Harrison and you go, man, this kid's the real deal. Pitching at home, just lights out. Alex Cobb almost goes, no, no. And then Webb has a stinker of a game, uh, it, you know, and, and then you go, and then you go into that Padre series. Like you said, first, first night, it was that Friday night or Thursday night. We're doing our fantasy football draft. We're watching this game. We're like, they're, crushing the Padres this is fantastic uh and then after that it was like I don't think we scored more than a run the rest of the series I mean it was just I think the the Wilmer home run in that game was the last home run that they've hit now they're they're, we're we're watching the game we're gonna do a little bit of a watch along here as well yeah yeah. because they're playing the Cubs right now they're up one to zero did you see how the Giants scored I didn't even see that they scored I did not no no I was uh rushing around yeah I was trying to get ready well I'm trying to get ready for the show but also (laughs) the kids were like hey I think Barbie's streaming tonight so let's check that so I'm looking at the streaming channel I'm like I don't see it I gotta start a show <laughs> you know life things wait so you're you're telling me that you guys did not see it in the theater oh they yeah both the girls saw it in the okay, okay okay but they're dying to see it again and and denise and i we want to see it you know i'm i'm excited to see it because again being a you know a film major and all that stuff it's a very talked about movie uh, a lot of it's, heart to it it's and really good it's yeah really yeah good. i'm i'm excited to see it denise and i watched uh we've been watching um you know, just movies and shows here and there. So what did we watch two nights ago? Uh, I can't even remember. It's, I mean, I think we watched, um, what's that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? Uh, the great Gatsby. Oh yeah. Like yeah. 10 years old. We yeah. watched that last week. Cause she just finished reading the book. It was fun. I, actually, that was a pretty cool movie. I liked the direction of it. Um, the same director did the newest Elvis movie. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was Baz. fun. Baz, yeah. Did you like the Elvis movie? We haven't watched that yet. Okay, either. I'll be interested no. to hear your take on the Elvis movie because obviously, if you got a nice little sound system in your home, hearing the music is awesome. The yeah. Dir- oh yeah. The, the the way that the movie is set with uh, Tom Hanks uh, playing Colonel Parker, 
who is kind of the centerpiece of the movie. Like it, he's kind of the, the, like the, 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 the conflict, I, I guess you would say. And then uh, Austin Butler, I thought Austin Butler did a, a really interesting, really good job of Elvis, but because of the way that the movie was directed, it, it, there, there's, there's ultimate conflict like constantly. And so you're kind of feeling like Elvis is this like puppy dog in a sense, like, that yeah. he's not old enough to like make smart decisions or he's not smart enough. And that, maybe that was the real Elvis because from uh, what I understand, the movie was based heavily on uh, th- it's a two book autobiography or two book biography that most of the Elvis fans believe is kind of like the, the piece of, of uh, fi- uh, the piece of nonfiction that is like essential uh, to, to his story. And so I bought both books, but they're long. So That's, good, good luck for me finishing those books in the next few years, <laughs> like, like your wife. Uh, all right. <laughs> exactly. A li- little bit of a, a, a veer there from what we were talking about, but the giants did hit a home run. Lamont Wade went deep in the first inning. So they, they you know, cause Juan Soto had, hit more home runs than the entire giants team over the yeah. weekend. So, um, all right. So, yeah. So going back to what we're talking about tale of two weeks, but it, I, I do feel the, the doom and gloom from the fans because when you cannot score any runs, it really puts to a test what your baseball philosophy is because this giants team, they base their entire philosophy in that they are going to, uh, play the averages and they're going to uh, win on the margins. So when you see the offense and you see, Oh, you know, all lefties against the one right hand yeah. pitcher <laughs> or, you know, or, or the other way around. And when you're not winning those battles, when you're actually getting shut out in two games in a row, to me, that's saying, well, this margins thing that we're doing, these averages, this law of averages, when it goes bad, it can really go bad. And it almost seems like, you know, there, there's like no coming out of it. But if we were to look at again at the beginning of the week, I don't think we would have been thinking that. So what is your overall take? Because I'm going to give you, uh, I did a poll. We didn't do the player of the week poll this week, but I did do a poll about how the uh, people who follow us on Twitter are feeling about this team. But I want to hear about you. Are you feeling doom and gloom? Do you still feel like they have a half decent chance at getting in this wild card? Or are you in like fire everybody mode? Because like it seems like <laughs> the fire everybody mode is like a thing now. It's just like, yeah, yeah. blow it up. Everyone just wants to blow it up when it goes bad. I mean, that, that's the natural reaction. This is sports, and especially with social media. This is social media sports is what I should say. Because when we were kids, there wasn't that, blow it up. We didn't win a championship. We're not going to the playoffs. Um, no, it was kind of like you 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 read the paper and you kind of listened to KNBR, and you kind of felt, well, the team's moving in the right direction because they were absolute – garbage in 2018 and 19 and now they've kind of turned things around and then the team seems to play above 500 here and there and and you know kind of in the playoff hunt here now in september we're first week of september um i am you know we're 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 mostly optimists yeah i i looked at the vote and i wanted to vote like yeah we're not going to make the wild card but again as a Giants fan watching this team, I want to say I'd love to see, and, and I'm going to say it, I'd love to see this team in a playoff spot because who wouldn't? I mean, we're, we're Giants fans. We want to see the team play in the playoffs. I don't care if they go out in the first round or win the World Series. Obviously, I'd love to see them win the World Series. I don't think this is that kind of team, but I would love to see them go into the playoffs and make some noise and have some fun uh, doing it and and kind of build and get some experience for the younger guys in the playoffs because that's also important too. The Twitter fan doesn't isn't going to necessarily look at that and say, hey, the playoffs are a great place for experience for Patrick Bailey to catch some pitchers uh, in, in a wild card. Uh, series or in an, an LCS series, let's say that happens to happen. Um, but I, I'm not doom and gloom at this point. Uh, I don't think I ever am. Even if the Giants were seven games under 500 right now and six games out of a playoff spot, I would still not necessarily be doom and gloom. I'd say, okay, now let's get uh, some of the other young guys up there and let's see what they can do. Um, the doom and gloom part of all of this is, 
is that we are going to have Sean Manea next year. We're going to have <laughs> Ross Ripley next year. We are going to have Michael Conforto next year. Now it's going to be a matter of what do you do with them? Um, you know, let him let him fight for spots. That's kind of what it's going to have to be. Is is Manea are Manea and Stripling going to be the same guys they are next year, where they're going to be long relievers? Are we going to have a true five man rotation? Where at that point you say, okay, these are the highest paid third inning guys you've ever seen in the history of baseball. It's quite possible that that it goes that route. But I think right now I'm not doom and gloom. Um, I don't know. It's kind of we're so limbo right now, man. That That's the hard part is we are at the beginning of September. We only have a, a few weeks left. Did you look at how many games we have left? I knew we were talking about that earlier. I'll, I'll find it right now. Just okay. Keep, yeah. Keep I think we're probably around, I'd say around 30 games left or so, uh, if even that. Um, so it's kind of that limbo stage where you got to keep fighting, man. You got to keep playing good baseball. 24, um, I believe. 20, so 24, that's a lucky number for us Giants fans. Yeah. So tw- 24 games left. Uh, the Giants are winning one nothing in Chicago. They got spanked yesterday, lost 5 nothing. If this tells you anything about what I think of the Giants' offensive chances going forward, I am streaming Cubs pitchers this week in fantasy baseball <laughs> against, against the Giants. Hey, I want to win my fantasy baseball or fantasy baseball league. I'm fighting. I'm in third place. I just jumped back up. So that's kind of what I'm doing because that's what I think of this offense. Um, yeah. I mean, but I'm still not doom and gloom. Uh, the Giants finish 81 and 81 and don't make the playoffs this year. I don't think I'm calling for heads. That'll be back to back years if they do it that. If they do, it'll that. be back to back years. But I still don't think I'm calling for heads at that point. Um, it's going to be a very interesting. I know last off season we said this, but this is going to be a very interesting and telling off season for this club. Um, but man, we when you look at the free agents who are out there offensively. Cody Bellinger. It is offensive. Yeah. I mean, there are very few. So you got Shohei. It's him. It's him and Cody Bellinger. Those are like the only bats who you would go. Okay. I want that guy hitting in the the four hole on our team. Yeah. Cause let me tell you some of the other fun names who are going to be out there. Javier Baez. Now, some of these guys have club options. Some of them have player options. Some of them have opt out clauses. Uh, Javier Baez. Joey Votto, Yasmani Grandal. No, this is, I'm not reading off names from the local retirement home. <laughs> um, Michael Conforto, possibly. He's probably going to be with us. Charlie Blackman, Cody Bellinger, the big name, right? Longoria, Josh Bell, another possibility at first base if we want to try to push Lamont way back out into the outfield. Could certainly do that. Um, it, here's a name. AJ Pollock, he'll be a free, he'll be a free agent next year. But here's one that I like, Teoscar Hernandez. I'd like to see that uh, be a move for the Giants, possibly uh, shore up that outfield, uh, big bat in the outfield. But yeah, there's uh, bottom line is there's not a lot of big bats floating out there, so mm-hmm. it would have to be via trade, or we'd have to have guys come up. Tyler Fitzgerald, some of those guys would have to come up and just be Luis Matos, have to hit like 320 up in the majors for us to look and say, well, you know, we didn't have a great offseason, uh, but we have some young guys that can really play baseball. So uh, it's it's going to take a lot, but uh, but after the, you know, long answer short, uh, after the season, I don't think, no matter what situation, I, I'm not going to be looking at it as like doom and gloom and, oh, this is horrible. All right, so... The poll was not even up for an hour, I don't think. But um, so I had three choices. I still believe Brenda K. Starr, uh, no chance at all for the wild card or fire everyone. And I specifically added fire everyone because I wanted to really see if people were really upset. And the fact that fire everyone did very few votes tells me that people are still kind of in the right mind, but they, you know, the no chance for wild card wild card did win, but it wasn't a landslide. And I still believe had a, a fair amount of votes. So I think the consensus on the fan base is probably closer to our fingers are crossed. We're not, you know, we're not going to 
jump to any anything crazy right here, but there's not like if you were to bet, there's not a lot of confidence that they're going to actually go on a run here. Yeah. I mean, a, a run, and again, we're talking, you know, we talked about this earlier. We're talking about a historically bad offense. Yes. Since the all-star break. I mean, I I went old school. I put some numbers on a piece of paper. I don't know if the kids know what that means, but <laughs> I, so I took a pen and a paper and I, I wrote down. Anyways, since July 14th, the end of the all-star break, now, bear in mind, there's 30 teams in Major League Baseball. The Giants are 28th in runs, 30th in home runs, 17th in walk percentage. That's that's as high as we are in any offensive category that I could find of relevance. 24th in K percentage. Uh, isolated power, ISO, 30th. BABIP, 27th. Average, 30th. On-base percentage, 28th. Slugging percentage, 30th Woba 30th and WRC plus 29th. So, I mean, that that's how historically bad since July 14th and we're in September now. It's not this good. Offense has been, <laughs> no, it's, it's <laughs> awful. So if you're going to see, if, if you watch this team, like we did the other night score six, seven, eight runs, it's because the Padres played awful defense so bad <laughs> so it was so bad and 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 you're gonna see players get hot right and all of a sudden conforto wilmer flores and jock peterson are, are going to be on fire at the same time it's going to give you a false sense of security now if they get hot in the playoffs that's fantastic and if they can maintain that this team with the pitching that they have that's the tricky part about this team with the pitching they have and the bullpen that they have and the consistent the consistency that they, for the most part, have on the pitching side. This team could make a run, but it would have to be everybody gets hot at the same time. It's not it's not going to be that, oh, this is the this is Michael Conforto. He's hitting home runs every other game. No, that's a hot streak that that's not who Michael Conforto is this season uh same with mitch hanniger uh here's a yeah, question a about mitch hanniger to be hot yeah is mitch hanniger going to get a big hit in this entire season because i consistently see him he comes up and we sort of think that he's a threat and he swings three times and doesn't come anywhere near hitting the baseball right i i don't I, i've never i don't i can't <laughs> remember a guy like that where i just thought Man, like there's no chance that this guy is going to touch anything just by the way that he he looks up there, his confidence. He's he does the swing where he swings so hard, he goes on one knee. I don't know if that's for right. show because he's not coming anywhere close to the baseball. And it's unfortunate because I think before the season started, we saw a guy like Hanniger and we're like, "Okay. If he's healthy, that's 25 jacks." Sure. And he hasn't. He hasn't been healthy. been healthy in years, though. That's that's the problem. And he also, when he was healthy, was not hitting jacks either. So it's not like right. there was even this tease of him being a guy for. It's just like no, he's just like no. Not only am I not a guy for the for you guys, I'm going to get hurt, and then when I come back, I'm going to give you guys hope, and I'm going to have you forget the beginning of the season. And I'm going to come back, and I'll be the same guy. And I'm just like, yeah. man, I just. I'm just watching this guy swing, and I think I told you before. If you if you throw anything above his hands, like it's like no chance, and they're they're taking advantage of this dude. I feel bad for him because he's like he's a legit major league baseball player, and you know that he's dying up there. That oh he's yeah, not not having you not have a successful season. By the way, Giants just scored again. Uh, Speckler. Wade Meckler uh, hit a little fisted shot over the shortstop's head to score. J.D. Nice. Davis, uh, J.D. Davis hit a single, and I think I didn't actually see the play, but I think he went to second on maybe uh, the outfielder muffed it or something, and then and then uh, Meckler hit a little little dunk shot, so the Giants were up two zero. Hey, we do it, take advantage of mistakes. Yes, <laughs> so there's that. We know that this is that kind of team, but up and down the lineup, you've got a lot of supportive players, but but, but you know batters, but we have supportive batters that would be good on other teams in the seven, eight, nine hole 
but there are three, four, and five hitters. Yeah. Uh, and, and and they're not the type the type of hitters who are consistent. And I think that that's the problem. One through nine, there's just not consistency. Like Wilmer Flores would be a great player on a good team to come in against left-handed pitching and hit for a decently high average. But a right. good team would never employ Wilmer Flores as your everyday player. And similar to Jock Peterson, you know, you, I think you mentioned earlier in the show something about like, uh, I don't exactly remember what you said, but the Giants, if the Giants are, if we consider the Giants a serious contender, and I watch the way that Jock Peterson plays left field, I look at that and I go, well, the team doesn't even consider themselves a serious <laughs> contender because this guy cannot move. Like, not only does he yeah. not move, he doesn't try because he knows that if he goes all out for this ball, that could mean shutting a, a rundown or maybe stopping them from taking the extra base. He also knows that he may get hurt. And so everything just falls 10 feet in front of him. He goes back on balls as if, you know, it's just like, okay, this thing's going over my head. I immediately have to play the carom. Uh, I kind of hope it goes out of the ballpark so I don't have to play the carom. It's like ridiculous to watch him play oh, the man. outfield. And, you know, I'm, I'm being a little superfluous by, you know, you don't take yourself seriously as a contender by playing him in left. But the fact that he has to play so much left field I think that explains the Giants' problem here. If the Giants were a good baseball team, Jock would DH against right-handers and never see the field. But because they're right. they're very average and they're trying to find these little avenues of plug and play, and you know, I, I'll say it right now. Thank God for Wade Meckler because at least you know this is maybe the slowest team in baseball. If you take Wade Meckler. Uh, and Tyro Strada out of the equation. When you see that guy run, you're like, oh, that's what speed looks like. The one, oh, yeah. There's one guy on the team. And, and, you know, people look at, I'm sure people look at Brandon Crawford who don't watch the Giants every day and they go, you know, that guy's so good on his feet. He's so good going to each side to get the baseball. Historically, one of the greatest defensive shortstops of the last 10 years. You would never know that he was like the slowest guy on the team. Yeah. And it's just crazy how they have such, you know, a very lack, lack of speed. Yastrzemski can run a little bit, but he's also somebody who's going to be hurting. So, you know, he, he can't really go all out because he's got the hammy issue. Slater runs okay, uh, but it's really Estrada and Meckler, and then that's it. So uh, that, that, was, that was a little bit of me getting on my pedestal. But just to, <laughs> just to say that. You no, know, you're right. The the only reason that they're even in, in the middle of this is because they started well, and this third wild card I think gives us a false sense of of security about our baseball team. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 you're correct. I mean, Kyle Schwarber comes to mind too, who plays left field sometimes for the Phillies, and he just lumbers after the ball. Because the same thing, he knows he's not going to get to it. Guy hits a ball down in the corner, he'll just hold him to a double, he'll get the ball in. What's the difference between Kyle Schwarber and Jock Peterson? It's 28 home runs is yeah. the difference. I mean, you know, Peterson's got 12 and Schwarber's got 40. So if you can give up a run or two here or there, but you can hit a three-run shot – uh, then that's fine. And Jock Peterson could last year and the year before, but this year, what is he on the hook for 18 million? And he's got 12 home runs. He's got, he's got four since July 1st. And that's your power guy. I mean, when you, when you look up and down the giants lineup, you go, who's their power guy. You know, it should be Conforto and it should be Peterson. That should be your, your power. It's Wilmer Flores. Yeah. Wilmer Flores has 20 home runs. I mean, that's our power guy. Yes. So if if you're, yeah, if you're thinking, I see it on Twitter every now and then, this offense is going to turn around. They're going to, no, that's not what they do. This is not an offensive team. This is an, uh, uh, this is an offensive team, uh, offensively offensive. So they need to continue pitching well. Again, get a guy hot here or there, try to piece it together play good defense. I mean, that's the only thing that's going to help you at this point. Uh, uh, we're not getting into the playoffs 
if they're going to continue to hit this way and not get anybody hot and nobody's going to put it together. Um, you just kind of, it's, and it's, and again, it's not going to be all of a sudden where the, the Atlanta Braves, cause that's not going to happen. Yeah. So I wanted to show the, to go back to the, the good part of the week, which was the beginning of the week last week. Uh, I like, the, I like that part of the week, the giants, uh, <laughs> when Harrison had that great game and then Cobb comes right back. So I was at the game and there was a feeling now there wasn't that many people there. There was about 25,000 people there, but there was a feeling of this is actually really, really cool. And uh, so I took, I took out my, uh, my phone and as the uh, ninth inning started, Alex Cobb went uh, fly out walk fly out and then spencer steer is up to the plate i'll play the video that i took the it's a short uh on on our on our youtube channel and you can see the uh big thing here no! That might have been Brian saying, no. I, yeah, it sounded like him. <laughs> Very familiar um, voice. No. But that was such a fun Giants fan community moment. Everyone was on their feet. Everyone's just r- pulling for this guy. Now, I think, one, Cobb got tired because he's a sinker ball guy, and he's starting to give up fly balls. But, two, I couldn't tell, and I've been trying to watch the replays, but I think Matos – took a slight step in and then he had to go back. And if he didn't take that slight step in, he may have been able to make that catch. It was going to be a hard catch no matter what, because steer hit it so dang hard. But if Matos, you know, doesn't take that slight step in, he may have a shot and then we may have had our no hitter. So that would have been really fun. I, I, I have you ever seen a live no hitter? I, I don't even remember if I've been that close. Yeah, I have. It was, Oh, 90. I have to look up the year. I want to say 1997. It was William Van Landingham versus versus Kevin Brown. Oh, I I remember that game. Of the Florida Marlins. And they had a dueling no-hitter to like the fifth or sixth inning, but Van Landingham would walk like five or six at that yeah. point. Yeah. So it was, it was getting a little hairy and then he gave up some hits, gave up some runs. And I think they ended up losing four, nothing, but, but yeah, so that was the, the only no hitter I've seen live was Kevin Brown of the, of the Marlins uh, throwing it against us at Candlestick Park. Still fun. I mean, the, the whole, all of Candlestick Park, that was, it was a day game. Yeah. We were all standing cheering. It was, you know, cause you want to see history. So it, it was fun. The um, Kevin Brown was so mean to the Giants back then. And he was yoked, <laughs> like unnaturally yoked. Everybody talks about Barry Bonds and Sammy Sosa. <laughs> Kevin Brown, man, that Him didn't look natural. Gagne. Yeah, yeah. I gotta now. I gotta look up because I want to see what Van Landingham did. I'm not gonna call him by his other name because have a Kruko's nickname for him. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. No hitter. I got the date for you. Uh, June 10th, 1997. So I think, and I went with Bob Weinerth. Uh, okay, yeah, from KSJS at the time. Uh-huh. Um, Still talk to him now and then. He's down in, in in Phoenix working for the Suns. He's the I think he's the lead video production manager for all of the um, Phoenix Suns stuff, which is kind of fun. Um, oh, so wow. Van Landingham, cool job. oh yeah, pretty yeah, he loves it. Van Landingham, six and a third, one hit, four runs, seven walks, Jeez. and four strikeouts. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there were a couple of bases loaded walks in there from what I remember. But we had an attendance of 10,257, and the game was two hours and 21 minutes. Oh, wow. It's kind of yeah, like and, today's uh, games. Kevin Brown, nine, all obviously all nine. No walks, seven strikeouts. Um, I, I don't think it was a perfect game, and I'm not exactly sure why, but uh, oh, okay, so looks like there was an error at one. Oh, geez. He didn't yeah. Actually, you know what? There might not have been an error. Huh. I wonder. No, it just says no hitter, so I don't know what the heck happened because he didn't give up any walks. 
So not a hundred percent sure. And they had no errors. So okay, I have no idea. Interference or something. Yeah, it's quite possible. All right. Anyway. All right. Um, so yeah, so I think our main kind of summary here is that the Giants have very few they, they have a small window, I think, of opportunity here. If they play halfway decent baseball, I think they're in the mix. But if they play like like they've been playing, uh, they, they could fall off pretty quickly. And, you know, they, they were first in the wild card not that long ago. And now they are like sixth or, or fifth or something in, in that race. So it could go quickly. They could rate, they could win three games and, and get back in, in that lead spot. It, it, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that I wouldn't be that surprised to see that happen, but they're yeah. going to have to hit the baseball and they just have not hit the baseball of late. You know, even the yeah. game against Cincinnati that we went to where they got the, uh, the almost no hitter other than Patrick Bailey's home run. It was a lot of hitting balls into right field and the ball just carried like crazy. And the Reds had some players who clearly had never played in Pac Bell or in Oracle Park before, and they just had no clue. So some of it was like, you know, you're taking advantage of the other team, which is also fine, but it's not like the Giants were just blasting balls out of the ballpark and, and winning games impressively like that. They may have to do yeah. some of that. I, I don't know if they have the players to do it, but anyways, uh, they're still up, but. Uh, Walker's out of the game, and Alexander is in with. Uh, I think it's it's only in the second inning, and I think there's two runners on, and there might be two outs, but we'll see. Here. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of I, I, you know, speaking of that, I'd love to see the Giants move in a direction next year if they possibly could of having an actual like four, five, possibly six man rotation. I I enjoy the opener to a point. Uh, I think it kind of mixes things up a little bit. It can be advantageous, but again, if you're if you've got an opener and he gets blown up five batters into the game and doesn't get an out, you're kind of already in a hole. I would um, like to see it in a position of necessity, yeah. rather than as a strategic thing. The way that they For use sure. it, like yeah, and I th- yeah, I think they could do that next year, but. Yeah, it just seems like when you have to do it so often, you it, it just becomes part of what you do, and there's no art of surprise. There's no you know messing with the other team's lineup. They're just like, oh, we know exactly what they're going to do every four games now. They're going to run a righty and a lefty out, and so we'll just we'll just keep playing the way that we play. Like there's no you know there's really no art of surprise with the, with the way that the Giants use the opener right now. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, the. Beverage of choice that we were drinking. I was so excited for today. Now, we didn't have our podcast yesterday because of Labor Day. but uh, And we're going to wrap this podcast up soon-ish because I have a fantasy football draft. So that's why we started a little bit early. But I was and, so and we've excited. Already, and we've already lamented. And yeah. we've already vented. We got it out of our system. <laughs> uh, I was so excited because I was at Safeway. And you know, usually when I go to Safeway... After I get done shopping, I then take a peek at the alcohol aisle just to see if there's anything fun that I could grab for the podcast. And I was like, yeah, I was just here a couple days ago. I'm not going to look. And then I sat there and I go, you know what? I'm just going to look because the thing that I've been looking for forever is the Jack Daniels and Coke drink that they now have, the mixed cocktail of Jack and Coke. But in a Diet Coke or a Coke Zero style. And I, I haven't been able to find it. I assumed that they were going to make it. And so I was just at Safeway, and I was like, ah, was only there a couple days ago, no biggie. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look. And lo and behold, it was there. I was like, oh, man, Thank- thankfully I looked. So here is the can that. of Jack Daniels and Coke Zero. And they come four to a pack. So there's, I don't remember what it costs, but so I bought a four pack. And I would say I prefer mixing my own for sure when it comes to taste. The Jack Daniels has a slightly different taste to it. It's hmm. a little bit, um, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's a little, I would say it's a little heavier. Than, than normal to me. So I don't know if it's the true just 
two, you know, shot and a half of Jack Daniels. And the, I don't like, I don't know what the mix is, but it's still totally fine. If you are just hanging out and have a couple of these in your refrigerator, you don't have to make the drink yourself. I prefer when we do it, when we, we, we make it with the, the, the Trader Joe's bourbon. Uh, but in a pinch, it's totally, totally fine. And I have it in my little, my little yet, my little Yeti going nice. on here. So keep it, keep it, chill. keep it cool. Yeah. I went, so Jimmy Buffett passed a couple yes. days ago and that hit me hard. Cause he's like, you know, I, I tried to, ever since I can remember kind of live his lifestyle and, uh, I probably know every single one of his songs by heart. Uh, there, there are very few artists. I don't even know all of Frank Sinatra songs by heart, mainly because he has like a thousand. <laughs> um, but Jimmy Buffett, I mean, every album, every song, I could probably sing it to you. Uh, so, so it hit me really hard on Saturday morning when I found out. So I, I wanted to make a Paloma, uh, you know, a, a T to C our own version of it, uh, in his honor, but I, I kind of ran out of time, but I did, <laughs> trust me, I had a couple this weekend for him, uh, while I watched some of his old concerts and stuff. So I went with in the, in the giants tumbler, uh, I went with, uh, some, uh, Evan Williams bottled in bond, which mm-hmm. is personally my favorite bourbon, a uh, nice budget bourbon. It's like, I, you can get a bottle of this for like 17, 18 bucks. I know. I still need to buy one. I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't see it at Safeway, which is probably why I haven't picked it up yet. You know, we carry it at our local supermarket, but total wine has it usually in the 15, $16 mm. range. So for my favorite, uh, so, so I, I poured this in honor of, of Jimmy in honor of, Hopefully, kicking our team in the butt, getting things going here. Uh, Jimmy Buffett was a huge Cubs fan, and and mostly because of his bu- his good buddy Steve Goodman. Oh wow, who was uh, yeah, he was a songwriter. Uh, he, if you've ever heard, I'm sure you've heard the song. Most people have, if you're a baseball fan. It's called a dying Cubs fan last request. Uh, it was written around 83, 84. So it references a lot of players from that 84 team, like Leon Durham, Ron. Oh, wow. That's, that's my Cubs team. Exactly. So, and he passed right before the, uh, NLCS, uh, against the Padres. Uh, so Jimmy Buffett in Steve Goodman's honor sang the national anthem to game one of the NLCS and said, you know, this is for Steve Goodman. So, uh, Jimmy's got a big, he's got a big baseball connection. Uh, he played the first concert ever at, uh, Fenway park. And I want to say it was 2000, six or 2000 no actually 2004 because it was right before the red sox won the world series so he he likes to take claim that he broke the the curse uh, curse (laughs) of the babe um so and and then they go on to win the world series he played like around all-star break or so somewhere in there but uh that's a great concert if you ever want to find clips from that he also played wrigley field a couple times but uh you know jimmy has a huge baseball connection so peace out jimmy and uh we love you and uh, this is in your honor. Uh, Stramski just went deep to the opposite. Hey, field. there we go. The Giants are up three to zero. And that's always good when Yaz starts hitting with a little pop. They have two home runs today, so that's a good thing off of yeah. uh, Kyle Hendricks, the soft tosser there. <laughs> yeah. So I pick, see, and I picked him up. That's what happens. <laughs> I pick him up, and he goes garbage <laughs> which is yeah. fine if it's against the giants i don't care yeah yeah yeah. a <laughs> little, little little bit of the uh giants fan jinx there. Yeah, i'll take it yes um all right so let's look ahead to what they're doing well we can actually uh we can actually look at some of the moves that they made uh the it looks like jock just hit a double into the ivy too so they're, they're they got their hitting shoes on today um so since we last chatted um Brebia, we talked about Brebia going on rehab and then Yastrzemski coming off of the DL. Uh, they recalled Keaton Wynn when the rosters, uh, when the when the rosters opened up. What, what do they get to add, like one or two players? Yeah, two. Yeah, it used to be back in the day, you'd go from 25 to 40 if you wanted yeah. to. You could bring up every man on the 40-man roster if you wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, a few years back, they changed it from 26 to 28. So you're only going to bring up two guys. So Keaton Wynn is up. 
they sent Matos down, not because he didn't catch the the no hitter. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, AJ Pollock, our good friend AJ Pollock, and you know we we were trying to be good Giants fans and going like, sure. oh, you know, here's why they traded for AJ Pollock. This is what he can help add, and he not healthy that's uh, you kind of wonder why they even traded for him knowing that you know he was probably not healthy um so they assigned him to sacramento and just today they released him so he's dfa'd and uh goodbye aj pollock and you're 0 for 5 at the trade deadline yeah uh ross stripling is on rehab with uh, the river cats uh brandon crawford earlier in the uh, earlier this weekend came back from the 10 day uh, injured list, Bryce Johnson back out to Sacramento, uh, Tristan Beck also in Sacramento because the giants activated John Brebbia. So that, you know, nothing sexy. I was kind of surprised that Matos and um, uh, Ramos are still down there because you could use a little <laughs> athleticism on this team. Yeah. But it doesn't look like they have room bit. for them for 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 ABs here. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, and uh, as we look ahead, the Giants currently and they, they are they are up three to uh, three to nothing. Uh, Blake Sable just struck out with a runner on second to end the innings. Struck out on the same pitch two at bats in a row, just like a changeup right in the outside corner. And he shook his head the same way both times. After he struck out. <laughs> uh, but the Giants are currently one game out of the third spot for the wild card behind the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that's going to be kind of fun to see the, the Diamondbacks and the Giants go back and forth. The Reds and the Marlins are also right there. The Reds are tied and the Marlins are a half a game behind Arizona. So the Giants are right there. And really, those are going to be the four teams unless uh, San Diego gets hot. Now, the interesting thing about San Diego, Blake Snell is like the leader in ERA for the National League. And as you can see by the series against the Giants, all they do is hit home runs. So you kind of wonder what the heck is going on with them. And they are, the out of all of these teams that I'm mentioning, mentioning for this last spot in the wild card, they're the only team, and they're they're not even really a part of this thing. They're the only team who's a positive in the run differential. They're a positive by 60 runs. Like, if you just looked at run differential and, and said, who are the best teams in baseball based on run differential, in the National League, the, uh, the, the Padres would be sixth, the sixth best team in the National League based on run differential. The other five teams are the first five teams in the playoff race. So yeah. for whatever reason, their, their season has just been funky, but uh, you saw Soto and Machado and Tatis. They're just going yard left and right. And you're just like, man, I wish we had one of those guys. We don't even need all three. Just give us a one. Yeah. Uh, but, but so the giants are, are right there. They're, they're a minus 10. They actually have the best run differential of all of these teams just kind of cluttered for this last spot. Uh, and it is because they give up the fewest runs. They also, Outside of Miami, they score the fewest runs, but Miami by far scores the least amount of runs of all those teams. Um, okay, so what does it look like for the rest of this week when it comes to the schedule? Now, the Giants played game one against the Cubs yesterday early. They lost that game. They didn't really compete. Poor Logan Webb. Uh, the leader in the in the race, the the the. the the race that you don't want to win if you're a starting pitcher, which is the pitcher whose team scores the least amount of runs for every yeah. start that he has. He's by far number one on that list. As they, Giants fans, we're, we're very familiar with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Matt, Matt Kane is like, ooh, you got it. Yeah, me. yeah. Uh, so the Cubs uh, and Giants play again Wednesday. That is a morning game for us. So then... Now, this is where it hopefully gets fun. And I say hopefully with not a lot of confidence mm, because yeah. the Giants have a homestand. In that homestand, your 50 and 87 Colorado Rockies come to town. Colorado Rockies, the worst team by far in the National League. They are not quite the Oakland A's, they are not quite the Kansas City Royals. 
but they are right there after those teams as far as <laughs> bad baseball is concerned. So this is like they don't they they cannot play around. Our guy Cap needs to go sweep, and he needs to just be like, "You guys better sweep, or else." Like yeah. this, there's no there. We cannot have an option to not sweep this team when they come to our park, and then. Cleveland comes into town. Now, Cleveland is not a bad baseball team. Right. I think their record is probably slightly worse than, than who they are, or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's exactly who they are, but they are 66 and 72. Uh, away from, uh, do they still call it Jacobs? What do they call where they the, play? The Jake. The Jake. You know, I don't, um, progressive field, right? I think they, it's progressive. It yeah. I think I like, I like the Jake a lot better. I know. Uh, they are a 500 team at home, and they are six games under away. So another series that the Giants should at the very least take two out of three from. Now, this team all year long has been really bad against – well, not, I wouldn't say really bad, but they haven't killed the bad teams like they should have. And they they play up against the good teams, and sometimes they win these series against good teams. But – what I'm saying here is if we don't get five out of six this, this weekend, I'm going to be really mad. I'm not mad, mad, upset, bothered, frustrated. But so this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So by the time we are talking about uh, this, this team again, next Monday, they will be in the first game of the uh, three game series with the guardian. So that is really where, you, if there's an opportunity for them to kind of get on a run, it would be, you know, let's compete against the Cubs if we can take tonight, which we're we're winning, and then tomorrow, you know, play good baseball, and then these home games, you got to take five out of six because after this homestand, next week Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, you get the Rockies again in yeah. Colorado, the worst team in the national league. So this is really an opportunity for them to pick it up because the following week at diamondbacks at diamondbacks, do you think those games are going to mean something? I, I, I think so. Yeah. And then the death star is upon us at LA at LA at LA at LA. So, you know, the, the, the they have, I would say they have some decent scheduling, and then they get hit pretty hard as, as the season comes to an end because the last series is against the Dodgers at home. So uh, we're close, man. I just, I just basically gave you the, the rest of, of the games this season. Yeah, it's um, – I'm just doing a quick look here. I, I was looking at the Guardians rotation loaded with right-handers, uh, and I wanted to look – really quickly how we do versus lefties and righties uh in a split this season um but it's probably going to take me a while to find all of that but uh regardless the rockies scare me they always do every year especially going into colorado um that's going to be kind of key two things can happen the giants bats can go quiet and st- well not go quiet stay quiet in Colorado. And then you really know it's one of those years where it's just offensively, this is just a historically bad team and they're going to stay that way. The other thing that can happen is they can catch fire in Colorado because that's what you do when you go to Colorado and they can score eight runs a game. Then when they come home after that, all of a sudden they're kind of feeling it. Okay. This is what it's like to hit. Now I remember what it's like to hit home runs now I remember what it's like to put the bat on the ball. A little bit of confidence starts rolling. So those two things can happen. Um, there's also probably endless combinations of other things could, that can happen in there. But those are kind of the two main things. But again, Colorado always scares me. They're one of those teams. I don't care how out of it you are. The Oakland A's did it to us. Um, the the Washington Nationals did it to us. I mean, any team can do it to this Giants club uh, as long as you have some pitching. But that that Guardians team with with mostly right-handers, um, that kind of fares well for the Giants with the left-handers that they have in terms of Lamont Wade Jr. And they've got, you know, Jock Peterson, although we were talking about his woes earlier. Um, 
you know, so that's one thing that kind of plays into the giant's hands a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because, uh, somebody just texted me right now as we were doing this podcast. Do you like Kapler? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what do you say? and, And that, that like, that's a question like on its own where I'm just like, yeah, he seems like a good guy. Yeah, oh, do you like, mean oh, yeah. you mean managing our baseball team? Well, yeah. And the way yeah. that I answered it was, I think you have to kind of group him with Farhan because I don't know who deserves the blame and I don't know who deserves the credit. To me, they're like a package deal. And then his second question was, okay, do you want them to continue or do you want them to move on? And I think my answer, and I'm actually re- very happy that he sent me that question because – my answer is tied to the idea if they can find a, a free agent who's willing to come here. If we go two more years and we have to take the C-plus free agents because they cannot entice a, a, a big-name player to come here, I don't know. They may get saved by the prospects, but if those prospects don't come through, then you're talking – I saw someone on, on the athletic comments now – take the comments for what they're worth. I usually don't read them because they're usually really <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the guy said the Orioles GM, I guess he started with the Orioles the same year that Farhan started with the Giants and they bottomed out. And then now they have all of these great prospects. And he's like, his basically his, his consensus was, you know, Farhan is the big name. But the Giants should have went after the guy that the Orioles grabbed because he has shown that, you know, he, he he's he's gotten more out of uh, Farhan's five years. Now, there's a ton of reasons why, uh, you know, those things could have happened. What yeah. you inherited versus, you know, some of the moves that you you decided not to make or decided what whatever is the case. But I do think that if these guys do come back for next year and maybe the year after, uh, if the Giants do not get good free agents, uh, then we're relying on this farm system, which so far we've gotten uh, Patrick Bailey as a mainstay and hopefully Kyle Harrison, but everyone else has just had to bounce up and down and back and forth. And the same dance that we've seen the last few years, Uh, he did not, they did not give Matos just the opportunity to, to play every day that they, you know, he played a lot. Um, Same with Casey Schmidt. Now, you know, when you hit, you know, 150, sure. Like I I get it. Uh, Meckler's getting, getting to play a lot because, you know, he's really the only speed guy on the team. And he's the only guy who seems like center field is a natural position for him. Uh, The Braves, I mean, the uh, Cubs just scored. It's three to one now. A little dunk shot off off of Junis that that scored a run. So, uh, but yeah, I thought that was a good question because I think, the, if you're not a Giants fan and you don't understand how this organization works, like it's really like kind of how the Dodgers work, right? It's it's in conjunction with the general manager, with the manager, with the president of baseball ops, with all of these coaches. Like it's just kind of this operation, like it's a true operation rather than, you know, Bochi going like, uh, is that my gut do i have indigestion do i leave in (laughs) you know do do, do i leave wilson in do i take you know that kind of thing like bochi i'm sure he had a a good amount of data to to use as well Uh, this is i'm not making fun of that but you know he's just it's just a different way it's a different way that baseball works today so yeah Uh, yeah but it's 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 going to be an interesting question and i think It'll be the biggest question in the offseason that we're just going to be answering over and over and over. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, we're, we're heading into what is this going to be year five? Yeah. So year five is start when you rightfully as a fan start asking questions. Are we on the right track? Especially if they go 500 or near 500 again this season and you get back to back you know, near 500 seasons after 107 wins, you start to, you start to question it, but you also have to look at the landscape of baseball. You have to see what's out there. You have to look deeper into the farm system. Um, You know, you have to read guys like Roger Munter. You have to look at Mm -hmm. at stuff like that and say, 
Well, I mean, there's a lot of good guys in the minors. Uh, you know, Farhan is absolutely building something. And I think that's what uh, the Giants brass are, are certainly banking on. Um, but, but you have to also realize a lot of fans just don't have that patience and they don't want to put in that kind of time. I don't mind. I got time. Um, I, I don't mind if we build this awesome farm system and these guys start coming in like Patrick Bailey and, and being, you know, that dude and, uh, filling holes where we can have a guy like that for, you know, five or six seasons uh, yeah. on, on our club. We don't have to worry about catcher for a while now. Cause he's going to continue to grow. He's going to continue to be a better hitter. Uh, will he regress? Maybe. I mean, but defensively, he's not going to regress. Um, and, you know, saving runs. I think I looked at something and, and his his defensive war is something like 23 or 24. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, one of the best catchers in baseball. By the way, this is a problem with doing the opener the way the Giants do it. Junis comes in and he walks a run in. Bases are loaded. And in a regular game where you didn't just waste two relievers, you just take them out. Just go, okay, we're going to put yeah. them. But now, because they went through two relievers, it is his job to get through the next three innings, and they can't do it because he's you know he needs to throw these three innings for this thing to work and so that that's kind of what's frustrating about the opener is yeah for sure and and if stripling's healthy i mean maybe he was the guy who comes in you know after after walker and then he he can go four or five innings but yeah you're stuck in a situation like this where you don't have your long relievers um you know aka starters i mean if if stripling and Maneo were the type of guys who could be solid starters maybe you don't worry about this you don't yeah. have this situation so and i think that's obviously that's what farhan and the uppers were thinking when they signed Manea and stripling that that's kind of the route they were going oh look at this we have a seven man rotation <laughs> and it just it really just didn't pan out that way okay um, so I, that's where i, I gotta yeah. give it up uh I, oh no! <laughs> not that I got to give it up, but my point from the early in this podcast, where you're not really a serious team, if Josh Peterson is playing left field, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Junis hangs a breaking ball. Jan Gomes laser shot Jan to left Gomes field. Is about 180 years old, by the way. Though he did have four home runs oh, or four, four grand slams. So Jock cannot move to either side and he has to do like this flail belly flop in left field. And of course the ball goes past him to the, you know, to the wall. And yeah, that, that this is the problem with this team is yeah. if you, you know, a, a left fielder who could play left field probably catches that on the fly, but jock has to be positioned in such a way where he, you know, he looks like a, 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 a a seal out there, like flapping around. It's <laughs> like, dude, come yeah, on. You're a major league baseball player. Um, oh, you know, may, maybe he'll feel it and he'll hit a jack to win the game. But now the Giants yeah, are losing. So at least Jan Gomes didn't hit a grand slam because as you were talking, they put up the graphic that he has four grand slams in his career. And I yeah. was like, I was like, okay. I, we, we need to get off the air before he hits his fifth. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, don't, don't go throwing that graphic up. I'm what, you know, I, I threw on Hulu real quick earlier when we were talking and I have the TBS feed on, so I don't think I saw that. So yeah. Yeah. All right. We will get out of here. Uh, hopefully the giants come back and win this game. Uh, they just threw out a uh, ground ball to, I think JD and he threw out the yeah. game. He threw out Candelaria at home. So now it's two outs, still four to three. Uh, this is not a fast baseball game because we started, we are an hour into this podcast almost, and the Giants and the Cubs are only in the bottom of the third. So wow. not a fast game tonight for whatever reason. It's 2016, I guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, we will be back next Monday for. The stretch run, man. If the Giants are tight, these next couple podcasts are going to be good. They're going to be important. We're going to be getting close. And if they do make the playoffs, you know, hopefully we'll be able to uh, to get back on and do some post gamers yeah. uh, every once in a while for the playoffs. So that'll be fun. All right. Anyways, we will be back next week for Brad. I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.